Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership. And let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. And welcome back to another episode of No More Leadership BS. Mr. Geyer, you were going to say something? I was just thinking these three conspiracy theorists walked into a bar. Have you heard this one? Three conspiracy theorists walk into a bar and you can't tell me that's a coincidence. (laughs) All right, I'll give you that one. That was not stupid. That was actually pretty good. Yeah, that was funny, and you're not usually funny. So, uh, welcome back to No More Leadership BS. I am Jeff Conroy with Conroy Leadership Consulting, and I'm here with my four amigos with Jeff McLaughlin, Myra Hall, and Dr. Sam Jennings II. And today, we're going to talk a little bit about a project that I did a while back that I really like to share with other businesses that want to do strategic plans. By the the show of I, how many people have helped organizations or have implemented or have developed a strategic plan? I. I. All right. What's your experience with a strategic plan? I can tell you the first time that we did it with Avitat, it it was, it's a proverbial one. It couldn't have been more like everybody talks about. We, we worked for three weeks on it. Yeah. And the gal that did it, acted it all up real nice for us and gave it to us. And that's the last thing we saw of it. Now, yeah. this time around, we were determined not to do that. So after we got done with our strategic plan, we mapped it out what needed to be done by the year, put it up on the wall. We can stay accountable to our plan. Okay. Anybody else have experiences like that? I've had a lot more fun with them, but that's because of some of the organizations I work with in youth leadership and community, like community coalitions. And they've been pretty entertaining and fun, usually involving lots of crayons and markers and paper everywhere and giggles and laughter and, you know, Roasting marshmallows on open campfires. But with that being said, I've also been a part of the other ones as well. So how many of you guys have worked with businesses or yourself used a strategic plan all year long where you've constantly referred to your strategic plan, the goals, the deadlines throughout the whole year? Anybody? Yes. Or have they gotten, have they gotten forgotten? Like I said, this time we are doing that. And as we get into this, I'll tell you some of the problems with that. Okay. But overall, it's, I think it's very hard to follow a strategic plan. I agree. I agree. It's very hard. I think they're wonderful documents. As I said in the past episode, I think they're beautiful documents that sit on a coffee table collecting dust because they got some wonderful statistics in it, some beautiful pictures and maybe a deadline or two, but they're really hard to, to follow. I consider that more of an anal report. Then I do a strategic mm-hmm. plan. So I'm going to tell you a story about how I got turned on to the balanced scorecard. Years ago, 
when I was with CEO of Large Nonprofit, I, we had to do a strategic plan and I wanted to do a three-year strategic plan. I really don't like anything longer than a three-year strategic plan and then just roll the years. So after you finish year one of a strategic plan, the three-year plan, then you add another year and just dominoes. Yeah. Got a volunteer that came in and he and I became friends and his name was Roger Gertis and he was a retired Microsoft executive. And he retired rather young. So that tells you he was up there. And he helped invent some of the early software of Microsoft. And he lives here in, in Coeur d'Alene. And he and I became friends. And I was talking about a strategic plan. And he goes, he goes, why do you want to do a strategic plan? And I said, because we need to come up with our goals for the next three years. And we need to have a direction and a vision that I can communicate with the employees. And he goes, oh, he goes, how many services do you provide? here. And I said, 83. And he goes, do you do them all well? And I went, no, we don't. He goes, think of your business and think of your goals as a laser drilling through concrete. He says, if your laser is 20 feet wide, you're never going to cut through the concrete. But if your laser is pinpointed, you're going to drill right through that concrete. He says, you're, what you need is a balanced scorecard. And I went, huh? what's a balanced scorecard? And he proceeded to tell me what it was and what it is. It is a, I even had a definition of it. It's a holistic approach that is driven by the premise that there is a cause and effect link between learning, internal efficiencies, business processes, customers, and finally, finances. Every business wants to make, their goal has always been money or their measurement has always been money. What the balanced scorecard does is money is the end result. You need to focus on the different levels. The first level would be your employees. What do your employees need? (laughs) I like money. I do too. What do your employees need? What do your employees need to get the job done? The next one is, what tools do they need to get the job done? The next one would be, how does this value bring value to the customers? And eventually, how does this bring value to the stakeholders? Now, I know I did email this out to you guys, and I know we haven't talked about it a whole lot, but I wanted to really talk about this because kicking off the year, I don't know about you guys, but I've received four phone calls in the last week and a half of organizations wanting me to come in and do a quote-unquote strategic plan. And I say to them, I love a strategic plan, but I love a balanced scorecard better because the end result is a three-page document that every department has that shows how they contribute to the company and they matter into the company, which is what everybody wants. So let's break it down. First thing you need to have is you need to have good, solid, clear mission and vision statement of what you are. Our mission and vision statement when Roger came in was not that solid. And he actually got us to drill it down into basically two sentences each. So that we know whatever we're going to be doing in the next year or three are going to match our mission and vision statement. The next thing he did was, what are our 
What do we want to achieve this year? What are our goals? Of course, we want to balance budget. And yes, we want to provide more services to the people. And yes, we want to make a difference in our community. But those are really vague goals. So how are we going to do it? One of the things was that we wanted to do, for instance, as an example, was we wanted to save money. We wanted to cut expenses so we can save more money till we can spend more money into the community. So we wanted to cut expenses on structural things. We did over 300 units of low-income housing. We were having a huge turnover, a huge gap in people moving out and people moving in. It was too long. I was, I'm going to say it was like six weeks. It was taking six weeks to get people to move out, clean up the unit and move people back in. So my maintenance department actually said, how are we going to save money as a maintenance department? Well, one of the things we're going to do is we're going to do a faster turnaround. How are we going to do a faster turn? The faster turnaround started with, as soon as we find out that people are going to be moving out 30 days in advance, we go into the unit and we do a checklist of what needs to be fixed and what needs to be repaired. The next thing we're going to do is we're going to pre-order all those things and have them waiting for us. And then when that person moves out as a maintenance department in whole, the whole group of maintenance people are going to go in and do the turnover. They went from a six-week turnover to a three-day turnover, which got the people moved in faster, which got them paying rent a little faster, which made more money for the company. And we appreciated them making more money because we have other things we had to do. So the balance scorecard allows the company as a whole to participate in the strategic plan development. A lot of times strategic plans are done from the top down. It's the people in the golden palace deciding what the goals are, what needs to be done, and how we're going to do it. What this does is that we are going to go work from the bottom up. We need to save money. How are we going to save money? First of all, we need to educate the staff, educate the staff on where their department money is going. They need to educate the staff on, literally educate the staff. Do they understand the budgets? Do they understand how money is being spent? Do they understand that? Next one is giving them the tools. Give them spreadsheets and financials of what they've done in the past. I know. Give them stuff in the past. You said spreadsheets. I'm sorry. I don't speak spreadsheet. I know. But when I say when I say spreadsheets, give them their budgets for the last few years to see how they spent their money so they can look at where do we really spend our money? Where can we cut costs if we need to? And where can we reallocate funds? The next one is if they do these things, if the employees are able to craft their budgets, craft their, their idea for the next coming year, how does that benefit? How is that a value to the customer? If they do that, the customer is going to get moved in faster and we get people off the street faster and we're able to get them services faster. They're able to get things faster. And then how does that benefit the stakeholder? The people that are investing in your organization, how does it benefit them? They're getting a better quality product. They're going to be known as being part of a more successful organization. So for me, I would much rather develop a balanced scorecard than a strategic map because what it's doing is it's showing the company's goals, but it's showing how my department is is addressing those goals. It allows me to see as a frontline worker how I'm contributing to the company's goals. And it also breaks down to, you also break it down even further is if there's this one objective, break down the objective. How are you going to attain these things? Are we spending budget money towards this? So go into the budget and say, 
yes, we're going to be spending X amount of dollars on training these people on this project. And we're going to be training people on this project. And we're going to, it gives everybody the full picture because when you're on the ground, you don't fully see the overall budget picture. They always just think, oh, the company's being, they're not usually. There's a method behind the madness. The money's going somewhere to provide the services. I know I'm rambling. I know I'm giving you guys a lot, drinking from a fire hose here. I can see Sam's glazed look on his eyes. <laughs> but this, it's just how I look. Like I can't I do anything about that. I know. But to me, it's a, it literally is a three page document that breaks down every objective on to, to attain the goal. And it's a worksheet as opposed to a multi-page document with beautiful pictures and stats that rarely have a goal in mind because or a date of when that goal is going to be attained. The balanced scorecard has that. It says in the objectives, it says, what's the objective? How are you going to measure that objective? What's your target? Like when are you going to have it done? What's the initiative? What budgets are that going to be coming out of? And how much is that going to be? How much are you going to be spending on that? So you're that it's allowing that department in the, my past example, the housing departments, they're breaking down their budget to address their issues. It's not a whole company. So if I went to social services, it would have just their budget and their objectives, but the overall arching goal is the same. Everyone's participating in that. I know it sounds out of left field. I am known as an outside the box kind of guy. This is outside the box. This is not the norm. Feedback. The first question I have, Jeff, because you came from a large organization. If you had 83 services, you had a very large organization. Mm-hmm. And I can see how this would just be the cat's meow for yeah. the different departments. Stuff. How does it work for a smaller nonprofit or even a small company? Sure. How do you see that as being applicable in that type of a situation? Okay. So let's define. So I've, it, let's, we'll go off my work history. My work history is I have worked, I have led a company that had one and a half employees, me and a part-timer. What I would have done with this is I would have sat down with that part-time person and together we would have developed this. And we would have done things like put up the flip charts or the whiteboards and t- write down ideas and brainstorm and put this and give them half of the scorecard and I'll take half the scorecard and we're working together. Because the bottom line is you want people working together to, to decide their plan and their goals. Because if, again, if they don't get buy-in, they're not, it's, they're going to say, it's not my goal. It's not my plan. Why do does I have it work to do for, it? Yeah. Does it work for volunteers as well? Sure. Sure. It can, but they just have to participate in it. Working with a foundation, I just found out last week. I'm working with a foundation of 33. They got 33 board members. Personally, it's a big board, but a 33 board members. And, but I said, how many of your board members sit on committees? And I go, she goes, they all do. And I go, so we can do the scorecard because each committee, we're going to have the overarching goal. So how is this committee going to reach those goals? How's this committee going to reach those goals? How's this committee going to reach those goals? So that's how volunteers can do it. Now I've also led organizations that had 27 employees. And you can do the same thing. You can have, because I had executives that worked in the field. I had a thrift store or I had a store 
team and I had a registration team and I had an executive team. And those guys can each in their own groups create a scorecard for their department that's going to help attain overall company goals. Because that's the that's the bottom line of a strategic plan is how are we going to achieve our company goals? What you're doing is you're giving it, you're giving responsibility, buy-in, opportunity for each department to contribute and they can see how they contribute. Does that answer your question, okay. Myra? Yeah, I'm just, I'm processing still, but okay, we're considering going to a three-committee board rather than, and then having subcommittees out of those. So I'm th- I'm thinking this could be a very good application. Leona, and, be, and being a nonprofit guy and you working with a nonprofit or leading a nonprofit, I'm a huge a- advocate of committee work. I think people want to join and ha- join a nonprofit because they want to make a difference, not to just sit on a board and re- build a right. resume. So getting them on a getting them on a committee, getting them active and participating is, and you'll get a longer lasting board member. In my yeah, opinion. gone are the days of board members just showing up once a month for a board meeting and voting yay, yay or nay. It's That's, just yeah, it's I call just, them, it's, those are rubber stamp boards. Yeah. That's my opinion. But the work but the scorecard, anybody can go balance scorecard. In fact, I'm hoping that we're going to be putting this up on on book or whatever we're going to post this podcast samples of the worksheet. I provided a blank worksheet and I provided a worksheet that is an example to look at well, because yeah. It, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, save it for the end, but anybody that would like a copy and a sample can always email us at askus at leadershipbs.co. There you go. Ask us at leadershipbs.co and I will shoot you your very own copy. There. See, that's even better. Yeah. One of the, one of the takeaways for me, Conroy, is I like the whole thing. It's hard. I imagine it's hard for our listeners too without having that scorecard in front of them to look at, to visualize it a little bit. But my takeaway is that your suggested a scorecard sounds like a really good one, is that you have to have one and use the one that we're going to provide that Conroy just described or come up with your own, which I don't suggest doing that because why do you need to recreate the wheel? Just find one that works. And then the real issue is then use it. That's why I like it, the one you're describing, Conroy, because it, it sounds like it's easy, it's straightforward, yeah. and something that we can implement without having to jump through too many hoops. And that, that will go a long way to attaining the goals of your strategic plan. I love it. And the cool thing that I knew it was successful and I was getting buy-in is when I had departments laminating theirs. Every, everybody in the department had their own copy, and I had a, one department, and they all laminated it, and it was hanging up in their office. So I knew it, I knew there was buy-in there and I knew that they were excited about the scorecard idea and participating. They were really proud. I'll go back to the maintenance department. They were really proud of the fact that they came up with their own plan and it worked. They're excited. They were excited. That just reinforced my belief in the balanced scorecard over strategic plan. Anybody else? I happen to like the fact that it's called a balanced scorecard. Yes. Because I don't know, but every time I think about a scorecard, I think about scoring in sports and I obviously you want the most points. That's how you win. And so you can put the, here's our target goal. And then here's the action, how you're going to get there, that that action plan part. But I know I give you a hard time. You lost me on spreadsheets because that's not my jam, but I will say this, what gets measured gets acted upon. Correct. So if you're measuring things, if you're actually in the process of 
hey, this is where we're going. The bank account's empty. The account is empty. The balance is zero. We need to get the balance up to a hundred. What do yeah. we do? Yeah. What are we doing that's working? What are we doing that's not working? And how do we flip that? And so I like that. It, to me, that kind of makes sense because it's a scorecard. Dude. Yeah, it's easy. <laughs> makes sense. Well, the other thing is, is all about, again, the maintenance department. What they did is the objectives in their balance scorecard were the agenda items in their weekly maintenance meetings. So they were addressing it every week. If it needed to be adjusted, altered, changed, they did it there during the meeting, but it still took care of the overall goal of the company. Sam, is this something that department of in your education background could, that could somebody could use? Oh man, if the institution is behind it, it can be an intense and um, meaningful tool. But as you described, and what I was trying to parse out my head, my ears are ringing right here. No to strategic plan, but yes to balance scorecard. Because of my experience, it's all the same thing. It's a process, not one or the other. But as you Correct. describe it, I can certainly pick up on how folks would say, I hate strategic plans because it's anything that those people do and they hide behind few imagery and nice fonts and big spreadsheets and those of us doing the work don't know anything different besides just do your work. But if the organization is not interested in digging down and helping people feel like they're a part of something, the strategic plan as an annual report style is fine because you don't mm -hmm. care. You care. You want people engaged. That balanced scorecard or other means to make sure that people know what they do has meaning, has purpose, absolutely necessary. Exactly. So when I use this at one of my prior institutions, we would just dig down and pick three to four things. What are things we can actually make movement on that has a difference? And if we couldn't make movement on it, it was out of our control, but people hated it anyway. Like we can maybe try to soften the blow there, but we can't change a lot. So what can we do? Yeah. And that would help drive our goals for the year. Yeah. Yeah. And it's basically what it's doing is it's focusing a company on addressing their goals without the fluff. And it's participatory <laughs> group. Everyone's participating as opposed to just the management team of each company coming up with a strategic plan and saying, this is what we're going to do. Because I think we've all worked with companies that want the company to do well and to reach their goals, but it's very top down. It's, it's, this is our goals. Now let's do it. Well, but there's a problem here. Again, going back to my son, he just texted me today saying, why does this, why does management do this? And I said, because they're not communicating with their staff. They need to communicate and they need to get input and they need feedback. The balance scorecard, you're getting feedback because it's not just us saying, in order for us to save money, we're going to do this and this. But the but people on the floor or on the ground are going to be going, yeah, but if you cut, this is going to happen. What if we did this? By giving them the responsibility of saying, in your department, come up with a plan using this format to attain these goals. And there's right. buy-in. There's buy-in on that. There's excitement. People enjoy coming to work. People... They celebrate their victories. When they came and said they saved, they generated, I want to say 70% more money by having that quick of a turnaround from six weeks to three days. I actually bought the maintenance department pizza <laughs> it's because they made a plan. They worked. The plan worked and it's continuing to work. It's really important. The balance scorecard is an outside the box idea. I, I am a big lover of it and I'd like to write more about it when I finally get my book done someday. But I think it's something that it's a strategic plan versus the balance scorecard. And I think the balance scorecard is easier to use. It can be hung up in their office that they can look at and you're seeing what they're doing, 
how they're going to do it, what do they need to do to get it done, and what money is it going to take to get that one thing done. It breaks it down for each department. So I appreciate everyone listening to today's episode of No More Leadership BS. Any last words from the four of you guys? As you guys are looking at me like, I have no idea what Conroy's talking about. I really do. Beige so I mean, your it and get to it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a roadmap that you can actually read. Correct. There That's you what go. It sounds like. Yeah. Yep. It's a roadmap that you can actually read and understand. So with that, I'm Jeff Conroy with my good friends Jeff McLaughlin, Myra Hall, Jeff Geyer, and Dr. Sam Jennings the second. We are the No More Leadership BS crew. If you have any questions, email us at askusatleadershipbs.co. Until next time, peeps. I'll see you next week. Take care and roll. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the No Leadership BS podcast. If you have any stories, questions, or comments you would like to share with us, please email us at askusatleadershipbs.co. That's askusatleadershipbs.co. Don't forget to give us a five-star review so we can reach more people. Thank you so much, and tune in next time. We'll see you then.